Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. Ten minutes after eight on Wisconsin's Morning News, Greg Pancake Hill produces the program. Eric Bilstead, Vince Petrano here with you until nine o'clock this morning. I'm fascinated by the fact that they're going to find a way to pluck those cars out of the Bayshore parking ramp. And they may start as early as tomorrow. So what are we thinking? Some kind of giant crane? That was suggested by many when we were talking about this the other day. And this, if you're just joining the news cycle, last week, late last week, we had a partial collapse inside one of the parking ramps at Bayshore on uh, the North Shore. It's actually one of the ramps that you can see from the freeway. A ramp where you go up inside the structure collapsed due to the weight of the heavy snow, sleet, rain, whatever that was last week. And fortunately, North Shore Fire Department is confirming over the weekend they were able to be absolutely sure nobody was killed, nobody was injured in that. So the coolest way would be disassemble the entire car and rebuild it after you pick, what? bring all the pieces. Just lower it down piece by piece? <laughs> no. But we will have uh, Chief Robert Whitaker of the North Shore Fire Department is going to join us live about 8.30 this morning. I'm interested to know what process they went through just to make absolutely sure nobody got buried in this collapse and then further what they're going to do about getting those cars off. Yeah, I got leather seats now. This is pretty awesome. We had said, like, <laughs> folks. We got things mixed up. <laughs> Different components, like a Lego car. This Better chair tires. goes in here now. Right? Oh, that'd be great. Oh, I had all-season radials here. <laughs> so we'll have the chief on uh, from North Shore Fire, Chief Robert Whitaker, at about 8.30 this morning. Tell us, uh, again, what their process was through the weekend to make sure that everybody was safe, for what the future is for some of those parking structures in the area, and uh, specifically, if he knows what the process is going to be for getting some 50 cars or so out of that ramp and how they managed to do that safely. We'll see. We'll see. I know they're going to look into it, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen, especially immediately, so we'll see. The things that fascinate Eric fascinate me. And you brought this story up this morning that I thought we could talk talk through a little bit. You're fascinated by artificial intelligence, and not even so much the technology. I think we all are kind of interested in how our computer is going to get smarter and how will they continue to assist us in our in our lives. Yeah. But you're just fascinated on the whole debate around it. And what it could evolve into. We've seen this over time, right, with anything, right? Any tech, you'll see like an explosion that comes from it. Like think about the iPhone, right? When the first iPhone came out, in a matter of just a couple of years, smartphones were basically a thing that most people had or wanted to have, right? That's Yeah, that's a great point. It's not that long ago. What was the first iPhone? 05? Yeah, give or take a year, somewhere in the middle there, the aughts. So in a matter of 15-some years, less actually, yeah. in a matter of a decade, a device which heretofore did not exist in its current form became something that we cannot live without. Right, right. Every adult has one. Most kids over, what, 12 have one. I mean, almost every one of us has this device, and we can't live without it. And we use it for a million different things, right? Whether it's just playing a game, whether it's actually texting and communicating with other people, if it's paying bills, or in some cases, it's like actually modifying our behavior. For sure. And and how we think or see or what we do because of that device. And when I say can't live without it, you and I could not get into our building. We couldn't get into work without our our phone. It is our key into our office. The only way to access our building at the time that Eric and I come in through our our specific offices is through an app that we Mm -hmm. have on our phones. It's called like Open Space or something like that. And a lot of people, a lot of offices use that type of technology. So we couldn't come into work without it. We couldn't go to a ball game. 
without it. Mm-hmm. Everybody's going paperless yeah, tickets. Right. So all of those things. I don't mean like, whoa, we put your phone down for five minutes. Yeah, ab- absolutely. We can and we should. And I continue to suggest that whether it be social media or some of these other things, it's a, it's a net loser for us in terms of whether or not we're better <laughs> off with it. But we can't live without it because we need it every day to function. So AI, artificial intelligence, I feel like a similar pattern is going to evolve with AI. And it could go a million different ways. I mean, it's just so broad, this idea of like what artificial intelligence and how a computer can generate thought and learn and think and process and communicate with humans or with other computers, what that's going to look like. And here's just one like example. If you're, if you're starting to just process what can be done with AI, how about fly a jet? The U.S. Defense Department revealed an AI flew the F-16 test aircraft over the Mojave Desert back in December. The jet stayed in the air for more than 17 hours during several flights at Edwards Air Force Base, even performing advanced flight maneuvers. Ooh, okay. Well, if it was up for 17 hours for starters, it would have had to refuel. Right. So talk about an advanced maneuver. Mm Mm-hmm. It can, well, and this is, I mean, this was during several flights, so I think it ended oh, okay. up to 17 Total hours. 17. But think about that for a second. Just the, the wear and tear on the human body to fly a jet. And I'm not talking about a commercial, you know, 747 or anything like that. But I'm talking about, you know, an F-16 or an F-22. You've been on one. I've been on one. Yes. And it, the, what it does to your body, obviously you can train for that type of thing. But that's just one aspect of this. That That's why it's funny to put clowns like us yeah. in the cockpit of a fighter yeah, jet. Because we throw up and, <laughs> and pass out. And, oh, my <laughs> right. God, look what I did to my... I got to change. You know, things like that. <laughs> but it, <laughs> maybe you said that. I don't know. I'm speculating. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> Um, but in this case, you're talking about the opportunity to maneuver, to fly, to monitor, to fight. You're not going to lose anything if it's AI technology that's going to be able to do this stuff. It's going to be able to respond and behave as it's needed to per, who knows, per orders because of this technology, AI technology. And it makes me keep thinking back to the fact that, like, what is safe? What job is safe? I, at one point, you know, if I looked it up, it wasn't that long ago even. If you looked up, like, what jobs are safe, one of the ones that it would say is content writer. You know, if you're writing content, if you're writing, I, I don't think that's true. Content, I think, is formulaic in a lot of ways, especially news it writing is. or, you know, sports reporting. A lot of that stuff could just boop, 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 and you could have an AI write that content for you. What about the hilarious stuff that you and I do? <laughs> the really important context that you and I provide Whoa. to said content. Well, okay. Well, okay. I mean, that, that, that can't be safe. replaced. We are safe. I wonder, have we looked at whether or not AI can be funny? Oh, I'm sure it can be. It can? Why not? How, how is it any different? Than Don't you any- need a soul to be funny? <laughs> like, right? Don't you need to know what hurts you, what makes you laugh, what whatever? Bullseye! I don't, yeah. I don't think so. I, well, it goes with anything else. I guess the... The example I could give, and this isn't really funny, but I think it, it holds the same virtues, is that I use an app uh, when my kids play baseball. It's like this app that and like I can see them play the game on this app if I'm not that the game, and it'll say who's up. Eli is up to bat, blah, blah, blah. Eli playing shortstop and all this different stuff, and you can watch okay. it. And then at the end of the game, if you pay for it, it will send you a report, meaning... The game story? Yeah. You know, Derek Johansson had three hits as they led the, you know, the Dateline Sussex. Yeah. Yeah. Sussex Chargers to a win over the U9 team, blah, blah, blah. Like it'll do that and like say who won, who had the best ERA, 
Um, how they scored at the end to win the game, like that'll actually be in a formula that just gets sent to you. So it reads like a real game story. Does it spit out all the cliches and stuff? A little bit. A little bit. There's I'll some cliches demonstrate. in I'll there. Pull one sure. up for you. Right. But I guess my point is, is that if that's the case, how can it not also be humorous? Why can't there be one that has a little, you know, a little humor in there? A little, little okay. something, something. The latitude, a little something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thirty percent, maybe. I just wonder if we're headed in this direction like we were with the self-driving cars. Like it feels like the last six months to a year, this conversation about artificial intelligence have, has ramped up yes. where every day there's a new story. Every day you're saying like, ah, could be something here that we should talk about, could mm-hmm. be something here. Yep. And I feel like we did that for a year and a half, two years with self-driving cars. But we're, they're, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming, they're testing. They're out here they're, to the point that a couple of years ago, my son, who is now 16, said... Why do I need to learn how to drive? There'll be self-driving cars by then. But I, I, okay, I, and then all of a sudden, it just, for for lack of a better cliche, came to a screeching halt. I don't know if that's true though. Think about what some of the newer cars can do now. They can't drive themselves. No, but they're pretty darn close. My car will break if I don't brake before hitting the car in front of me. I mean, get in the car and just tell it, you know, but, hey but car, I want to go say, to Brookfield Town Center. But we are we are quickly moving to that. I was in my buddy's pickup there. He's got an F-150, one of the newer models, and that thing was driving the turns by itself. He was driving the car, but he goes, yeah. watch, and he like took his hands off the wheel Sweet. and it made the turns. <laughs> Like that, that's like, what? And that's not a Tesla. That's just a pickup truck. So I think I, you're right. I think that we're not where we thought we would be, maybe. But boy, I mean, it's the cars are communicating with one another. They're beeping at me all the time when I cross over the lane on accident a little bit, screaming at me. I mean, there is some type of operation taking place. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. Some folks weighing in on this. Guys, computers will find a way to get rid of the disease known as human beings. Uh, ah, is that why we're scared of it? Yes. Yes. This is absolutely why we're scared of it. That and what job can AI not do? Back with more of your responses right after this on Wisconsin's Morning News. National Bank talk and text line 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. Folks want to talk about artificial intelligence. What's the line between something just running a computer program versus something that's artificial intelligence? Because I, somebody called it, or texted in and said, oh, ask Alexa to tell you a joke. And you can do that. I don't have Alexa in here, but I got my Siri. Let's try that. Okay. Hey, Siri, tell me a joke. What has four wheels and flies? A bin lorry. <laughs> what? It must be because she's British. <laughs> I, don't get I do that. have British Siri. I find well, her nicer. She's more polite. So, but to that point, though. I mean, that's you, not artificial intelligence, no, though, right? That's, that's just, just that's been inputted in there. Yes. But over time, can it learn to tell a different joke? Can it process something like that? Yeah, there's a difference between a program and AI and how you communicate with AI. Can it make up its own funny joke? Can it be a comedian? And I would say eventually, if it's not already able to do that, it will be. Just look what look what AI can do. AI can create an original work of art of a of a vase. That's with true. A, with a a flower in it that you've never seen before. A one-of-a-kind piece that would look pretty nice on the wall. AI can create a one-of-a-kind person that can post on Instagram that you think is a real person, but no, it's a computer-generated 
thing that then communicates. We already have bots that post a bunch of stuff on social media, so why not add pictures to it? So I guess my point would be that eventually you're going to be able to create those algorithms to make that a thing where it can tell you a saucy joke if you want or more of a primary joke. John is with us on the Old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. Morning, John. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call again. Great to talk with you guys, as always. Um, you know, here's the thing that scares me. It's, it's all about that diversity of thought, right? So the rise in AI, um, you just have less people thinking and imagining. And, you know, like you guys mentioned earlier, creating content. I told the, I told the screener guy, you know, you guys are a gem because you're a local radio station coming up with original content. You're not just recycling, you know, news from somebody else or gathering it from a central source and regurgitating it. So, you know, just because it's easier doesn't mean it's going to be healthier, and I see that in my own kids, you know, the amount that they read and imagine. And holy cow, they, you know, they don't have to imagine much these days. You know, it's all done for them. And, <laughs> right. You know, or reason yeah, through a problem. Like people, exactly. You know, people who don't read, they don't have to imagine the pictures in their head. And that's the part that scares me is people just won't have a diversity of thought or variety of thought. You know, I read something on social media where, like, the number of books being read is shrinking by the thousands. You know, people are just everybody's reading the same book, you know? So anyway, that's all I got for you guys this morning. You guys are great. Keep up the good work. Love your show. I'll call back in. Don't sweat it. All right. Appreciate it, John. <laughs> you covered it all there. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the reasons that we're freaked out and a bu bunch of people giving Matrix references, like are we about to reduce ourselves to just being plugged into a network somewhere where all we are are bodies, we're biological organisms, but we cease to be human because we've replaced these functions that make us who we are with computers. Yeah, yeah. That can do it for us quicker, safer in many ways, more efficiently, but not maybe for the betterment of the human race. 828 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight thirty one on Wisconsin's Morning News. One person wanted to dispute John's point. You know, this is interesting. I'm not... I'm not sure I... Let's see here. I want to make sure I got it right. Um, where is it? I got it. You want me to read it? Five, yeah, go ahead. 500 years ago, before printing press, John would have been dude talking about oral tradition of storytelling. Like... Suggesting that we would have been up in this arms. This is bad, right. You know, I don't know that that's the point he's making. It's... it's the difference, I, I see though, what you're saying, though. Yeah, no, I appreciate that text. The difference between the, a printing press, I would think, and what AI intelligence is is that the printing press was still human-created. Representation of yes, human thought. Meaning everything that was on the printing press was written by humans, <laughs> not a computer-generated software piece, I guess, is the difference. This is a question for another day, and actually, let's do it, but uh, not today, just can you pull the plug? And I don't think you can, because... Why not? Through, you, you just can't. We're not capable of it. Technology built by humans has always advanced to its logical end. And so it will continue to advance. There will, like we can't, we've never gotten to a point, like name me something where we've gotten to a point and saying, that's advanced enough. We won't build a better microwave. 
We won't build a better car. We won't keep trying to build a better nuclear technology. We won't build a bigger bomb. Everyone's but, been bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger or no, more efficient I suppose, or more whatever. But the microwave doesn't become something that is trying to kill another person. Sure, right. I'm like just where saying we, we assume, can't do for it. For some reason, we assume AI is, and again, I, I'm, I'm not suggesting it's not. I just We kind of assume that AI is going to lead to the inevitable end of human race. Because we've all seen those movies. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> right. on Wisconsin's Morning News this Monday morning. Really appreciate the opportunity to catch up with Chief Robert Whitaker of the North Shore Fire Department. First time we've had a chance to talk, Chief, since you had the partial collapse there at Bayshore. So I really appreciate a few minutes of your time this morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning, guys. So that was one of the things that when we first started getting the reports, I bet it was probably the same for for you and for your department, your first responders, when the first reports came in of a collapse at the garage there, the worst thoughts must have come to your mind about what this might turn out to be. Yeah, that's a busy location. It's a lunch hour, so there's restaurants in that area. There's a pretty busy uh, grocery store right near there that uh, it's a somewhat of a regional attraction for people. So, uh, yeah, the first thing you think of is, okay, what are, what are we walking into? Because it could be significant. Talking with uh, Chief Whitaker of the North Shore Fire Department about the collapse at Bayshore in that parking garage. So, Chief, did your first responders, as you, as you were able to, to catch up with them, talk about what their process was when they came up on the scene? I mean, first things first, they have to make sure that they're safe. They don't want to walk into a situation where they're going to put their own lives in jeopardy and further you know, curtail their ability to save people. So they got to do that external assessment and then they got to figure out what am I dealing with here? Is anybody in there? Yeah. I mean, we always stress to our people and that's from the day you start training for this career, it's uh, scene safety. And how do you, how are you going to make yourself safe? Because if you're not safe, you can't help others. And we're always willing to take a risk at some point, uh, you know, life safety, uh, rescuing people is the highest level of risk we would take. Uh, and that's why we um, did make some immediate entry into that area, although they're first looking at, okay, what's above me? What's, is the whole building safe? Is, it, is there a danger of uh, uh, additional collapse? Is there uh, debris hanging that hasn't all collapsed that could come down on us? That's a large uh, structure. And ultimately, that's why we, all, after we had fairly good confirmation that we didn't have victims in the building, we took our time to go back in and then wanted to confirm all that um, that there was not anyone there. Um, there was some significant pieces of concrete and um, the structure hanging from the third level and the second level that uh, presented a risk for the rescuers and the construction team that was assisting in deconstructing what was a pile of debris and snow on the bottom. So uh, methodical process, but as you go in and, and make that initial assessment, you're willing to take a level of risk. We had experts from uh uh, I guess all sectors, engineers that were on site, including people who were part of building that structure, were there uh, within uh, at least an hour. Uh, we had um, our regional uh, heavy urban rescue team that we uh, work with from the Milwaukee Fire Department and, and regularly train with. So we had people there that knew uh, what to expect and have gone through a significant amount of training uh, for that, in addition to our people who do uh, what we call operations level training for building collapse and are looking at those hazards and making immediate rescue if needed. So chief, how in the world are they going to get the rest of those cars down? Vince <laughs> yeah. and I just kind of assumed that they would be left there. 
just because we didn't think like they could actually physically be removed. Is there a way to do that? Yeah, that's what uh, uh, Bayshore and their team is going to work on this week. Um, you know, understandably, people are upset about that. Um, they didn't, when they parked that day, didn't intend to have uh, their car trapped in a structure. And we're, what, four to five days later right now? And we all have business. And you look at your life and say, okay, what happens if I lose the car? That gets me to work every day. That gets me to where my kids need to be. Um, that, you know, that's a significant challenge. And um, Bayshore, we, we were meeting with their management team from the first 10 minutes of that incident. Uh, and they have people on site from their corporate offices uh, in Texas. Uh, they have a, a large team of people working on that. And there's a couple different options I think they're looking at. Um, and, and we have, once we confirmed uh, people are out of that building, which happened on Saturday, um, in, from a legal perspective, that structure gets turned over to the owner. So we're not as involved in this part of the effort. But I can tell you in meeting with uh, top management from Cypress Properties and um, Bayshore's manager, they're, they're working through that. And um, the last I heard, they were hoping to have something, you know, in the next week or so. The building is... Um, got damaged enough that the, the ramps that you drive down or go up on have some significant damage. So they had engineers on site uh, all weekend working to come up with a plan to remove those vehicles safely and uh, get the people back their vehicles. Uh, and they do understand. It's it's very clear that they understand that the, the people that work there and that uh, shop there that have bus- their cars in that structure are, are pretty frustrated. So, Chief, I know you're, it's, it's not your call, nor will it be your department doing it, but if, I, if I'm hearing you right, are they thinking of like possibly finding a way to drive those vehicles out as opposed to like plucking them off the top with some sort of crane apparatus? Yeah, uh, all, both of those have been dis- were discussed when we were part of that effort. Um, the, a crane from the top. Now, most of the cars are on the second level or on the second deck, so a crane necessarily wouldn't... Uh, be able to do that because of how the structure damage uh, limits cars movement from the second to the third deck. Uh, so that's the biggest challenge, but um, they had some uh, pretty smart people there looking at how they could build a temporary ramp to remove the cars uh, in a controlled environment. Um, not that we would just, or they would just turn the keys, you know, walk on in and okay, drive your car out, but they right. would have somewhat of a scheduled removal of cars. We were uh, fascinated by the idea of maybe taking the entire car apart, no, <laughs> then bringing all the pieces back down to the ground and rebuilding each car individually. Eric wants to disassemble all the cars and just take them out part by part, Chief. Uh, if you guys want to do that, I would leave that to you because I would not want to be part of that sure? deal. <laughs> got a lot of guys who are good at, you know, a lot of auto shop guys down there. Yeah, it's not my, uh, I'm mechanically inclined uh, is my limit. I'm probably work with a lot more people here that are much more inclined, mechanically inclined than I am. But if you guys want to try, uh, I'll watch. <laughs> it would be entertaining. No. I'd make sure I get the leather yeah. seats in my car the same day. <laughs> Chief uh, Robert Ritiker from uh, North Shore Fire is with us. Is there any way, and I don't know if this is something that you can answer or not, Chief, but I obviously anyone now who parks in a parking garage is thinking about this. They're like, oh, well, it's snowing again today or it's raining. And I, I don't know what the answer is, but are, is there something that we should be considering as a community or as a county or any county when it comes down to the structural safety of these parking structures? Yeah, you know, the, the, um, the, the obvious question is why. 
Uh, and that's the question from the start. You know, what happened here? Um, whether you have a building that was uh, constructed um, and, and, and had a problem, whether you had too much of a load on the construction, that's all uh, questions that engineers and uh, inspectors will have to answer in this process. But, um, you know, I think even in just the last uh, 96 hours or four or five days, um, you know, I've talked to my peers and other communities that have called and said, hey, what, what, what was going on there? And, you know, we're going to look at our parking structures and our communities to make sure this doesn't happen or, or at least to prevent it. Um, you know, the, the, the snow clearly, um, you know, it, I think most of us have looked at that and said, boy, it had to have been part of it. Just the sheer volume of the snow in the area that collapsed um, had something to do with it. And I saw some media reports that took uh, measurements of the weight of the snow compared to normal snow. And I think that's all valid. So I think a, a planned um, process for removal of snow and, and you know, in this, in this climate, that's our primary weight. Um, you know, we're getting rain today, but rain is nowhere near as heavy as snow and manage that appropriately. And I, um, you know, I've seen the um, media reports. I know people, were, I saw Channel 4, 4 had been flying drones around on parking structures, it looks like, over the weekend. And um and looking at how places manage the snow. And there's different ways they can do that, whether they, they truck it out, they put it over the side, they have chutes. Um, but I think generally the process for building buildings um, is, is, is well done. There, there's no one that wants to build a building that's going to collapse, believe me. And if they um, maintain those buildings and there's regular inspections and maintenance processes in those parking structures, I think the system works. It's just, um, unfortunately, this was something that probably shouldn't have happened in that building. Chief Robert Whitaker, North Shore Fire Department. Chief, uh, your team was on scene quickly. I know they were prepared to risk their own lives to save others if they needed to. I'm glad they didn't have to. Really appreciate you being with us this morning. Thanks, Chief. Yep, have a good day, guys. 848 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Eight fifty three on Wisconsin's morning news. Just saved a little bit of time here to talk about cocaine bear because pancake Eric and I all saw it yesterday. Yep. <laughs> little, it, it was nice to have a Wisconsin's morning news yeah, outing, yeah. a field trip. Well, so and I thought it was interesting. You had sent out a note to the team to the to the newsroom saying, all "Hey, we're invited." Everyone's invited. Whoever wants to come, here's where we're going to be and when. We're going to be at Southridge Marcus, three p.m. And we had some guests that came with us. Sandy Max came yeah. and Adam Roberts, both of Wisconsin's Afternoon News. That was neat. No Mercure. <laughs> what, he had better things to do than watch Cocaine Bear on a Sunday afternoon? Yeah, right. He was not there. How did you enjoy going to the movies with me? Oh, it was great. You seemed a little stressed by the ordering of food situation. but I was otherwise. a little stressed because it's uh, the Bistro Plex is like you order and they bring it out to you as opposed to just go up to the concession Which stand. Which I and wonder if that's a good idea because you're not smelling the popcorn. If there's one thing that smells better than it tastes always, it's movie theater popcorn. So why wouldn't you want that wafting through the lobby to get someone to... I bought I two large buckets to pass. And I ate so about one of those welcome. buckets. Right. <laughs> it's on, baby. This is me recording during the movie. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, they're, they're, that's cocaine bear in a nutshell. Yeah. Growling and running and people getting ripped apart and... 
some people like me laughing. It was funny. There were some was funny, funny parts. Because it is, while it is based on a true story of this drug smuggler who chucked a bunch of cocaine out the window of an aircraft and yeah. then dove out of the plane after it, mm-hmm. and a bear did apparently eat the cocaine, but the bear died in real life, like pretty soon after. I like how you keep wanting to justify what the real life version of the story is. Well, so like people Hollywood don't, because there's nothing hilarious about going to like a documentary about people who were mass murdered by an animal <laughs> and You're laughing. Right. Like Agreed. that's not funny. You're right. If it's a bunch of made-up Hollywood crap, that's why it so was hilarious. what did you think of the movie? <laughs> it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. So I was, I was not disappointed, but as you and Pancake got really into like wanting story arc and character development, now you had me drawn in. If I had to be critical on that point, I guess there were all these really rich characters who were developed to a point but didn't seem to really fit together. It was just like throwing people at me. Yeah, I, Here's this guy. Here's her. Here's this dude. Like Greg said, need a little bit more pan- or need a little bit more uh, cocaine bear in there. Need some more. Like bear. the bear was a side piece. Yeah, Almost. It's the bear story. Yeah. <laughs> That's who I wanted to follow. Yeah. Okay. Well, needed a little bit more of a larger intro for the bear, and I needed a more epic ending. We're too used to the pageantry. Yeah, the pomp of a cocaine bear. I just go back to what uh, former NFL coach Dennis Green once said of bears: "The bears are who we thought they were." WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Eight fifty nine. Steve Scafidi. Drinking on in the studio. How Can confirm the rain is bad, huh? Sideways. I'm underneath the overhang at my local Speedway gas station. Halfway under, soaked to the bone. Sideways rain. Ooh, no good. 40 mile per hour wind gusts will do that. Nothing will tick you off more than being freshly showered and dressed and get soaked by rain at six something in the morning. You know, Craig Copleaner, WTMJ meteorologist, always used to say, nothing worse than a cold rain. Oh, that was goodness. his thing. I'm still Just... a little damp, but I'm going to get through it. Good. I'll, I hope I'll it... warm it up and dry out. Hope it fired you up for this Monday. What oh, do you got? I am fired up. We're going to tell some good stories. I had a great experience at the market. Missed you at Cocaine Bear, by the way. <laughs> Yo, well, I wasn't invited. So. <laughs> yes, we're invited. It was a pretty strict list, the VIP Not list. Not true. I sent it to the whole newsroom. I didn't see that. <laughs> was was I copied on? I don't think I get copied on the news. He may not be in that distribution. Oh, is that what happened? Oh, really? <laughs> See, I love going to the movies. I would have enjoyed that. And I was out of town, so I wouldn't have been able to. Next go. time, personal invite. I'll call you. Yeah, call me personally. Sure. Yeah, or text. Either way, good. Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.